welcome to this new episode of Head and Heart, a podcast by Probe Ministries. I'll be your host today, and we'll be asking the question, when was Jesus born? When was Jesus born? And we're joined in studio with my colleague, Tom Davis. Tom, glad you're here. Hey, thanks for having me. You've been on this podcast many times before. Uh, We're going to be talking about when Jesus was born. And uh, as I understand it, we're going to be asking both uh, the date, like what kind of day, like month and day, what time of year was he born? Um, And that's going to open up a can of worms. We're going to talk about what year he was born too, right? There's some discussion on that as well. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So the year, there's disagreement on the day, there's disagreement on the year. Okay. So uh, so let's talk about that. That's what we're going to get into. And it's a, a common thing, especially in the Christmas season. People often ask, was Jesus really born on December 25th? That's that's kind of the heart of what we're going to get into yeah. in the next few minutes. And so, uh, you know, to get to the bottom line, I want you to be confident in the accuracy of the date that you're celebrating as far as the significance goes. But also, Tom, you and I talked about this right before we hit record, which was that ultimately, which day of the year that you pick, it theologically doesn't undermine Christianity as yeah. a whole. Like you could, you could almost pick any day. And the point is that you're celebrating the theological significance of the incarnation. Yes. Right. Yeah. yeah. The, the holiday is, we focus on the birth because that's the event that the in- incarnation happened through. But yeah, the important thing is that the incarnation did in fact happen. Yeah, well said. Okay, good. So uh, now that we've set it up, uh, Tom, I know you've been on the podcast before, but I bet somebody here is listening who hasn't met you before. Why don't you give us a you know quick recap bio on on you and your role here at Probe Ministries and um, and why you're on the podcast today? Yeah, um, I'm Tom Davis here. Been here at Probe for uh, about five six years now, and. Um, my research interests are uh, issues to do with uh, biblical reliability and historical Jesus. I've also had training in all the philosophical questions that go along in apologetics. Um, and so those are kind of the things that I like to spend my time on covering. All right, very good. And I, I miss my intro too. I, I'm a research associate here at Probe Ministries, and, and I'm typically the, the host here on this podcast. And so Probe Ministries is a Christian worldview and apologetics organization. We've been around actually 50 years this year. Yep. How about that? 50 years. Praise God. 50 years that we've been getting to serve. And um, we have tons more resources at our website, probe.org. That's P-R-O-B-E dot O-R-G. Tons of them are free. Answers to emails, really almost everyone that we've gotten in our 50 years. Uh, There's tons of stuff at that website. So listener, if you have more interest in this or other Christmas things, you can go check that out. In fact, Tom, you and I have another Christmas podcast, don't we? Yeah, we've, I think, two other Christmas podcasts, maybe. Yeah, that sounds right to me. So, uh, tis the season. Tis yeah. the season to be jolly and celebrate Jesus' birth. So, yeah. so there's some other resources there for you. So, let's get right into it. When, when was Jesus born? What are some of the dates proposed for when Jesus was born? All right, yeah, there's um, several dates proposed. The Catholic Church, the Western Christianity, generally goes traditionally with December 25th. The Eastern Church goes with January 6th. Um, With those, there's not a huge amount of difference. All of the details that we're going to discuss will work with either one of those dates. There is a proposal out there on September 11th, 3 BC. And then um, the latest date, the people that usually take this latest date say that we don't know when Jesus was born as far as the day, but they would say that he was born around 6 BC. Okay, so obviously December 25th, which is the day 
we celebrate right now. The whole world pretty much celebrates December 25th. Yes. And I also hear you saying that the Orthodox Church in particular celebrates on January 6th. Yep. So that's another one. And then another one I heard you say was September 11th. Yes. And that one was 3 BC. Yeah. And then you also added another one that, um, unsure of what the what day of the year he was born, he was probably born in 6 BC, so three years later after that other date. Have I got you right? Yes. Okay, cool. What What's the evidence for these? Maybe can we start with the December 25th one, the one that we already typically celebrate? Yeah, so as far as nailing the day down, the evidence for December 25th is that the early Christians, most of them thought that Jesus was born on December 25th, and they were saying this uh, without any reference to any kind of Roman pagan holidays or anything like that. It actually had to do with um, the way that they thought that births and deaths worked with each other, where if you knew someone was born on or died on a certain day and you counted nine months, you knew they were, you could say that they were born on that day. But they were, they even, actually not all of them were even looking at that. Um, They were using other metrics as well. But that, that date is very early. Okay, so, you know, what I'm hearing you say is, one of the earliest dates that we had from early believers from the early church was December 25th. Yes. Is it that, okay, it sounds like there was consensus around that. Most of them believe that. Yeah, most of the consensus believe that the minority would have said January 6th, um, and that was a minority position. But it was only those two days. Um, in the early church, they're not talking about any other days other than those two. Okay. All right. And I'm going to ask you a hardball question. What evidence or what sources do we have for those dates? Um, the first couple of chapters, uh, Luke 1 and 2, and Matthew 1 and 2, um, and trying to harmonize that with other things that we know in history, such as uh, when certain other events took place, the reign of Tiberius, the re- death of Herod the Great, a lunar eclipse that Herod the Great saw shortly before his death, different things like that, that kind of influence how we get the date. Okay, so you're saying that the December 25th date is based on Scripture. Yes, yes, primarily based on on Scripture. Scripture doesn't give us an exact date, but it gives us some indications as to what time of year it might have been. Okay, very interesting. Okay, well, we're talking about when Jesus was born today on this Head and Heart podcast, and I'm your host, Paul Rutherford. I'm in studio with colleague Tom Davis. He's been on Probe Staff, and he's been on this podcast before several times. And so we're talking about different days or dates that have been proposed for Jesus' birth. And right now we're in we're in maybe the meat of it, maybe the meat of this conversation in terms of the evidence for each of these dates. So we're talking about December 25th. Um, are, is there any other evidence for the 25th you want to talk about before we move on? Because I'd, you know, I'd oh, love yeah. to hear about the um, others. Counting the time between the conception of John the Baptist to the birth of Jesus, um, there there has to be about 15 months between the conception of John and the birth of Jesus. So if you can get an idea of when John was conceived, when Zechariah goes into the temple to burn incense and comes out mute, then yeah. you, you can get at least an idea as to what month. Because that that's all recorded in Jesus. Luke. Luke yep. is really clear when John is conceived, and then it's really yeah. clear six months later Jesus is conceived. Yeah, and Luke is the one of the Gospels that is constantly pointing you towards other markers, such as 
reigns of certain emperors and stuff like that. He's the one that's giving you other markers to track dates. Yeah. So where do, where does that take us? Where does that end? Well, what we have is uh, Zacharias goes in to burn incense, and there was one major festival that did that, and that was the Day of Atonement. And so if he goes in to burn incense on the Day of Atonement, when he comes out, he's dumb. And so if you can figure out when that took place, uh, then you got a good idea. And that took place in September, October. Okay, so it was in the fall. Yeah, so it takes place in the fall. There's only, in all the research I've done, I've only seen one scholar that brings a little bit of doubt to that, and that's because he says that there was incense that was burned daily. So it really depends on him being there. But there's also other markers. We know that Herod's paranoid. Herod wants, when Herod finds out about this, the Magi come, he sends people out to kill them. And then we know when Herod dies, Herod dies. There is a dispute about when Herod dies, but Herod dies either on 4 B.C., or 1 B.C., actually, 4 B.C. or 1 B.C., and that would be on March 30th or April 4th, you know, and that could work with either year. And then we know if we have that as the date of his death, we know that there's like a series of events that has to happen, such as him going to Jericho, him seeing the lunar eclipse, and how all of that works with the narrative that Luke gives us. Okay, so where does that take us? I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not yeah. following. Okay, here's the series of events that, that has to happen. You have a Jewish fast that takes place on the 24th of December. It actually takes place in December, and 2 BC it took place on the 24th of December, but I'm forgetting the name, 24th of December, and then Herod sees a lunar eclipse, which he takes as a, a bad omen. And that lunar eclipse, depending on what year you're talking about, happens on either the 29th of December, 2 BC, or it happens on March 13th, 4 BC. And then from there, you have uh, Herod died shortly after Passover. So in 1 BC, the Passover is 27th of March. In 4 BC, the Passover is the 13th of March. And then he died, Herod dies either on March 30th or April 4th. So there's disputes of these days, but they're not big disputes. That's not going to change a lot as far as fixing like a time period. And so, but between seeing the lunar eclipse and his death, he moves from Jerusalem to Jericho and he kills one of his sons and sends out some other messages and stuff to trying to solidify because he's, he's sick and he kind of knows he's dying. Um, so you have to account for all those things that he did between the time of okay. the eclipse and his death. Okay. So what's the connection between the date of his death and Jesus' birth? The real connection with this is figuring out a timeline that works best. Okay. So if Jesus was born, well, put it this way, if Jesus was born in, in 2 BC, you have the Jewish fast on the 24th, Jesus' birth on the 5th, they see a lunar eclipse on December 2nd, and then the Magi arrive in February, sometime in mid-February, and then they have to move to Egypt, because after the Magi arrive, Herod sends soldiers to kill all the male children under two in Bethlehem. 
Then you have the Passover on March 27th. You have a whole thing that reigns, and then him dying at, at the end of March, beginning of April. If he's on 4th BC, certain things are compacted, because you have the lunar eclipse, you would have Jesus being born in December 21st, and then you would have the Magi arriving in mid-February, and then you have the lunar eclipse on March 13th. Sorry, Jesus would be born on December 25th. Lunar eclipse on March 13th, the Passover on March 13th, same day, and then all the stuff that Herod does near the end of his life has to happen with um, just a couple of weeks. Okay, so it sounds like all of this timeline supports a date for Jesus being born on December 25th. Yes. Okay. Well, let me go back and ask another question. You were talking about knowing the timeline from when John the Baptist was conceived. Because yes. Luke is really clear. The, the timeline between... John the Baptist's conception and Jesus' conception and Jesus' birth, and knowing that the festival that Zechariah was performing when John was conceived, what date would that put Jesus if we follow that timeline? Yeah, so if we follow that timeline, we can't get to a specific date. Like, there's some scholars that try to pin it down to a specific date. I think the problem with that argument on a specific date is that pregnancies don't last exactly nine months to the day. So I think that's the problem with using that to nail down a day, but you can definitely get the month right. So if he's doing that, and we know that, that there's different years when the order of priests that he's in, because they had several different orders, and each order would take their turn serving in the temple. And so if, if he's burning in the, in the temple in September, that puts Jesus' birth in December. Okay, so that's still a December date, December 25th. Yeah. Or whatever. Yep. A December date. Okay, interesting. So not only do the evidence we have for the December 25th date include the belief of the early church, which I suppose became tradition and has just been kind of handed down to us, but also as we understand our, our best attempts to date what time of year Luke's account of the conception of John, the conception of Jesus, that would also bring us back to December. Yes. Another December date. Yeah. Okay. Interesting. Well, why don't you why don't you tell us about the September date? Because we're talking about when Jesus was born today on this Head and Heart podcast, and I'm your host Paul Rutherford, I'm talking with Tom Davis. We're both probe staff, and uh, we're trying to work through this issue. A lot of people this time of year are asking the question: Was Jesus really born in the winter time? And uh, you know, you might really be wrestling with that in your soul, and you might be asking: Can I really believe this religion if it's built on a lie? Yeah. Well, on the one hand, you can believe in Jesus and put your faith in him for salvation regardless of what day he was born. Yeah. Because the point is that he is God made flesh and he dwelt among us and he died for your sin. And if you put your faith in him and believe that he can make you right and not yourself, then you have a saving faith. Not whether or not he was born on December 25th, but mm. at the same time, it's a legitimate question. So that's what we're talking about today on this podcast of Head and Heart. So Tom, why don't you tell us about the September 11th date? What's the what's the, the evidence or the thought process behind how we get to that date? Um, the thought process with that one actually goes to Revelation, the book of Revelation. I would not have guessed that. No. <laughs> I was surprised the first time I heard it, too. And they're looking at the passage where it talks about um, the woman out in the wilderness who gives birth to a child, and then uh, the dragon comes and tries to eat the child, but they're carried away from the dragon and hid from the dragon. Okay. And they're looking at the dragon as being um, a constellation, the Jupiter, 
becoming visible, and they're saying that Jupiter becoming visible would be the star that in the east that the Magi saw. Okay, I'm tracking with you. And um, I've never heard that interpretation before, but okay, yeah, I, I can go with it. I haven't either. I it's can go with it's it. very much a minority view and very, okay. very much a new view. Oh, it's newer. Yeah, so none of the yearly Christians were looking at it like well, this. When did this... I, who wrote this idea first? How long um, has it been around? The first, I'm not sure how long it's been around. The first guy that I heard it from was an Old Testament scholar named Michael Heiser. Oh, he, we're talking 20th century. Yeah. That, okay. Yeah, yeah. and okay. I don't know how much how far back it goes with him, but it's come by, like, now that we have the models, I forget what the, the model is called, the computer program that can... Basically, they've been tracking all the stars so they can kind of use it and put it in reverse and figure out where all the stars were on certain dates in the past. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, so they're using that to support... Fascinating. Support this. Astronomy. Yeah. I importing learnings, insight from the astronomy community. Yep. Okay, okay, all right, keep going. And so they're saying that those have to line up a certain way to where you have um, these certain constellations line up a certain way and that that's what the book of Revelation is referring to, um, saying that back then, because back then they studied, the Magi studied studied the stars. That's one of the things that they were known for, was studying the stars. Um, I don't know that any of the early Christian authors were. Um, and I think that's probably the weak, the weakness in the argument is that I don't know that any of the authors of the New Testament were tracking the stars. And I don't know that any of the early Christians were saying that. And I think it being such a late comer to the discussion um, makes it kind of a questionable thing. But it's when those things line up, they line up on September 11th, 3 BC. And so then you get back to Herod's death. But this one, it's so the it's year Jupiter. of Herod's death. Sorry, I'm not sure I, I follow that. Yeah. So it's Jupiter. So it's understanding that the star of the Magi we're following is Jupiter. Yes. Okay, that's the key. Because we know where Jupiter was on 3 BC. Yeah. And if we think 3 BC is the best year, then that date would have been September 11th. Yeah, and then this constellation... I'm forgetting the name of the constellation. This constellation that I they think they do call it the dragon or something like that. Um, and that lining up with uh, another constellation of a woman. I see. Hence the connection to Revelation. Yeah. Yeah, okay. All right, I'm following that. I can see how they got to that conclusion yeah and so then that that would have to match up with herod's death in 1 bc instead of a 4 bc death and what do you think about that does it match up um which one uh, do you think matches best it definitely gives time for all the magi and stuff like that to happen because now you have over a year before herod dies between the birth of jesus um so there's plenty of that that matches up um it would put, I haven't done the done the math on it, but it would change the date of when Zechariah is burning incense in the temple. Okay. I didn't look that up, but we do have the record so we can figure out which group of priests was burning incense in the temple on which weeks of the year because okay. they just cycled through. Okay. Um, so, you know, that's something that could be looked up. I None of the researchers that I've seen that hold that position have looked at any other things to try and justify that date. They're only looking at the stars. Interesting. So we've talked about a September 11th date, which is based on the stars, astronomy, yeah. particularly Jupiter. If yeah. we're understanding that as what the, the star that the Magi were following. We've talked about a December 25th date, 
Um, how do we? Get, we haven't talked much about January sixth. You said that that was that was also one of the early ones. The early church believed either the twenty fifth of December or January sixth. The January sixth was the minority view. You're, you're yeah. saying here, but how how do they arrive at that date? Um, I haven't read a lot of the minority view. I haven't, you know, in my personal library, I don't have a lot of information on arguments for that day. So I really just put it as like a difference of opinion that rose early on in church history, like around... Because December 25th is the earliest one. It's slightly earlier than It's January, the earliest. So by about 100, 200 years. Okay, well, that's something. Yeah. Um, I haven't been able to find out exactly why they picked that January 6th day. Okay, that's fine. I yeah. thought I just thought I would ask. Yeah. Um, I will throw in my own very not well-researched position, which is that I... I have heard, I guess, from sermons that I've heard in church from preachers over the years who were reading the Luke passage in um, Luke's second chapter is probably the most famous account of the Jesus birth. But in verse eight, uh, I'm reading out of the CSB here. It says, in the same region, shepherds were staying out in the field and keeping watch at night over their flock. And this is right when the angel of the Lord shows up and the choir of angels and scares the shepherds. That's that's the rest of the story. But that, that key phrase here in, in Luke 2.8 is that shepherds were out in their fields keeping watch over their flock. And so I've heard some pastors speculate that um, since that's the same night Jesus was born, if we correlate the typical seasonal rhythms in which shepherds stay out in their flocks, stay out in their fields to watch over their, sh- their sheep at that springtime. Yeah. So, so I've heard some pastors kind of theologically just look at this and say, well, the, the text records this, and we know to this day that's the normal time when sheep are often having offspring, and it's so uh, they're having so many offspring that it's worth the shepherd's time to stay out in the field at night. Because otherwise, shepherds didn't stay out in the field. That yeah. was not a normal thing. That's one reason Luke is bringing that up, is because they watch the sheep, just like most farmers in America. They take care of their livestock, and then at night, they go home and sleep in their bed. Next yeah. morning, they're up taking care of the livestock. But... In this ancient Near Eastern region, there were so many births happening at any given time that they wanted to make sure they were out there and ready to go. And so I've heard that that's in the springtime. So yeah. I've heard some people speculate that he, Jesus could have been born in the spring, whenever that is, March, April, I don't know. Yeah, and in the spring, the shepherds would take the sheep out and they would take them further away from the, the towns. Um, there were kind of two reasons to do that. Um, the Mishnah, the Jewish Mishnah, indicates that the sheep that were kept for temple sacrifices were kept at Bethlehem. And so those sheep wouldn't have been too far from Bethlehem at any given point of the year. So it could be that, you know, the shepherds took the sheep out of where they were normally kept and they go out just a short distance from Bethlehem and they're keeping them out there so that the sheep can graze because, you know, maybe they don't have other food for the sheep, something like that. So that could be why they were out there in December. December is not the coldest month of the year. If you guys live in Texas, Israel is about the same uh, latitude as Dallas and Houston. It would be like between Dallas and Houston as far as longitude goes. So in December, you can get some warm Decembers there, just like you can get some warm Decembers here in Texas. Hmm. So we don't even know that it was cold that particular year. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Well, I'm your host today, Paul Rutherford. This is the Head and Heart Podcast, and we're asking the question, when was Jesus born? What date was Jesus born? We're talking about both which day of the year, but also what year that's come into this conversation. I'm talking with colleague Tom Davis. He's been on the podcast many times, and um, 
I have one more question. The last question we're going to talk about, Tom, and then we need to wrap it up. But before I do, one thing we talked about in that um, one of those evidences for the dates included the star, the Magi followed. If that's of interest to you, you should check out our website. Our colleague, Dr. Ray Bolin, has written at least one, maybe two articles on that. Ray Bolin's been on this podcast before. Uh, you can check out information on that on our on our website as well, probe.org. And so my last question, Tom, for you is um, what difference does this make? Like, how should we change how we celebrate Christmas depending on which date it is or the evidence that we have for different dates? As far as celebrating Christmas, um, I don't think there's, even if we're wrong about the December date, I don't think there's any reason to change it. You know, so I don't, I don't think it, it doesn't hold much weight theologically. Okay. And so the incarnation still happens, even if we don't know you know, exactly time of year. The main importance of this date is that it shows that Scripture is reliable, that Luke goes in and has actually coordinated. In fact, Luke does another thing of coordinating it that I haven't mentioned yet, and that's in Luke 31, where he talks about when Jesus was about 30 years old in the 15th year of Tiberius. You mean chapter 3, verse 1? Yep. Yeah. Chapter 3, verse 1. And that puts the date in... AD 29. So if you count back when he's about 30 years old, puts his birth 1 BC, 2 BC, if you're looking at that, you could push it back a little bit, but you can't push it back too far because once you get about 35 saying he was about 30 years old gets kind of questionable. Yeah. So, but what it does is, is Luke doing all of this and Matthew telling the story the way that these things fit. It just gives us confidence that these things really happen. Mm. And knowing that these things really happen, that there really was an incarnation, that's the real value of this. Mm. That's a good point. If God is really the God of all truth, then we can ask any number of questions and it's not going to change the truth. Yeah. If anything, the scrutiny is going to, God's going to be vindicated and his word's going to be vindicated. Yes. That's a really good point there, Tom. And I'm glad you brought that up because that's significant. The The faith that we have is a faith that's grounded in history, grounded in reality, things that really happened. And we have gospel writers like Luke who were fantastically accurate, historically speaking, exceptionally so for the for their culture, for their context, and for their region. And preserved for us thousands of years later yeah, in just pristine condition that is so accurate. It's it's a witness to a miracle. It's a witness to God's provision. Like God yep. has clearly acted in supernatural ways to preserve what we have. And it's amazing. So I'm, I'm glad that you brought that up, Tom, that really it should be about confidence. You have confidence that our the faith you have is grounded in reality, that Jesus really is who he said he was. And that means that validates his message, that he was the son of God and that he came to die for our sin. So when it comes to Christmas, to celebrating the incarnation, man, what a significant celebration that God has come to dwell with man. Yeah, it is. God came and dwelt among us, just like Isaiah predicted. I was about to say that's Isaiah, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Seven, 14, yeah. eight something maybe. That's great. Uh, well, Tom, thank you for your time today. This has been a fun conversation to ask, when was Jesus born? What was the date around that? And talk about years and dates and times of day and um, look at the scriptures and consider even astronomy and revelation. This has gone places I didn't expect it to. This was a fun conversation. So uh, I've really enjoyed our, our time together, Tom. And listener, I hope this has bolstered you in your faith. Uh, check out this and other episodes. I, I think the last Christmas episode was, uh, is Christmas a pagan holiday? I think that was the last yeah, question that was the last we asked one on, we did. on Christmas. So Merry Christmas, listener. I hope you enjoy this season celebrating with family and celebrating the significance of the incarnation, which is tremendous. 
Uh, thanks for checking out this episode of Head and Heart Podcast. Please subscribe on whatever app you have. Go to our website, probe.org, for more resources. I've been your host today, Paul Rutherford. Uh, Tom, thanks for joining me. Hey, thanks for having me. And the listener, we'll see you next time. Please.